After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're, we're here to talk about TV commercials. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. He put his grilled cheese in the VCR. Slid it right in. My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello Genevieve. Hi Andrew. Today, my friends, we're talking summer flashbacks. That's not quite it. Really what we're talking about here is probably like what I would call the lighter side of my midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't know if that's an accurate way of putting it either, but you know, I've really been feeling the summertime the past couple of weeks. Unfortunately, summer came pretty late to the Pacific Northwest, but it, when it did came, it came but with when a vengeance. It, exactly, and uh, when it did came, when it did came, it came with a vengeance, <laughs> um, as Genevieve once said. And uh, it's beautiful here, and we have a new house, and I've been spending my days puttering in the in the yard when I'm not working my job. And then at night we have a nice basement where we have a dartboard now and it's a real rumpus room vibes. And I gotta say, you were gonna saying something similar before the show, V. It's like, I'm just really having one of those moments where I'm enjoying adulthood by recreating a childhood I always wished I had. That's not even that's not even exactly true. No, but I like, know what you mean. Playing darts in the basement yeah. is exactly what I... I've been listening to the oldies that I used to listen to when I was a kid while I played darts in the basement and, and digging the dirt during the day, you know? Yeah, it's we, just been really nice. It's been really nice to have this this thing that we worked hard to, to get and then to now enjoy it on our own terms it's been really a pleasure yeah and even if even if for me that ends up meaning enjoying it in somewhat childish ways so in thinking about the show today i was just sort of filled with that that summer vibe and how much i've been enjoying it and feeling maybe a little nostalgic and then i thought about all of the time i spent aside from playing outside i would also spend you know lunch times in the summertime i'd come in and watch like one or two episodes of some rerun on either WOIO or WUAB, which were the UHF stations. And uh-huh. they would play like, you know, I Love Lucy, Andy Griffith, Gomer Pyle. Yeah, Lone Ranger actually was a little bit maybe early for what I was watching. I remember watching that as a kid. And it, what, it was even for, some, you know, for someone our age, it was an extremely old television yeah. show. Yeah. It boggles my mind to think how old and crazy it would look to somebody you know, a modern eye. I think Bonanza was on the list of things I watched, although that was, you know, the sitcoms were really, I feel like I would come in, I'd, I'd be out in the yard, either doing chores or playing around. Then I'd come in for lunch and my mom would maybe make me a, like a salami sandwich or something with butter because I was on a diet. Um, and um, do you know that? I didn't eat mayonnaise, so my mom would put butter on I my I know that, but you sandwich. act like putting butter on sandwiches like some, you know, like appalling thing that it does like, seem appalling to me. It's no more appalling diet wise than mayonnaise. Really, it probably just seems less like putting bad. Lard, for you. Putting lard, <laughs> there goes your Damn sunblocker. It. Do we need to stop and have you fix that? No, I'll just sit here in the baking sun. 
Genevieve has tried to make a homemade blinds. Let's get some blinds for that window. What do you say? Anyway, so I would like come in and I need a I need a salami sandwich with butter on it. Um, and I would watch like get, like some of them I didn't even like like Hogan's Heroes. Depending on the rotation that summer, it might be Hogan's Heroes. I didn't like that one very much. Gomer Pyle, Beverly Hillbillies, etc. And I would um, you know see all the the commercials that went along with that local and national. And so today I just wanted to really kind of lean into this this summer nostalgia I've been feeling and just play for you Genevieve a collection of commercials that in some way or another represent that specific era so almost every commercial today ranges between 1988 and 1990 I think 1987 might have slipped in there. Um, now, some of these are commercials for toys I had. Some of them um, are commercials that I would... Maybe they're not even necessarily children's commercials, but they're something I would see over and over again. But a lot of them really are about summer-related products or somehow evoke this specific these summers of my past so just yeah. go with me on this journey i will will you i absolutely will thank you i, I really I think had... we're probably going to end this wanting to buy a slip, slip and slide, slide or yeah, something we'll yeah. start with slip and slide i thought about fact. getting for real i thought about getting a blow-up pool for the backyard oh my god all right let's talk more about that in a second so anyway we are going to take you on that journey today and then also um we will check in with the ad council we got a a, a note from a listener um, who actually the subject line was commercials in the news. <laughs> um, I see our branding is really uh, landing. <laughs> exactly. Our branding is landing, baby. Um, and uh, if you're worried about what's going to happen with those Baker Mayfield progressive commercials since he's been traded and he's no longer Cleveland Brown. We have an update on what's going to happen oh, there. Oh, thank God. Yeah, finally. And also, Genevieve, we were talking about the Mandela effect on uh, last week's show, and we got a voicemail from a listener who says she has a Mandela effect related to our show. What? And it's music-related. It's got everything. It rings all the bells for us. Okay. I'm very excited to play this voicemail for now, you. Now, you know, for a Mandela effect, it can't just be one person. Okay, but just go with me on this right. one. Go with her on this one, okay? Okay. But she's got something where every time she hears it on our show, she thinks it's wrong, even though it's our show. <laughs> so anyway, we'll get into all of that, though. Let's First of all, let's get in our time machine. Let's go back to the late, late 80s and enjoy some summer commercials. Okay, so you mentioned the slip and slide, Genevieve, and so you put that, uh, I put that first on the list. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I actually remember this slip and slide commercial that we're going to start with, but I definitely had a slip and slide in the backyard, and when I think about the slip and slide now, like, I remember loving it, just loving it so much. Yes. When I think about it now, it hurts my bones. Oh, the thought of... The um, thought of just slamming my body down onto on a the thin ground sheet of plastic. Like and also, I have a... I have a deep-seated fear of uh, slip and slides ever since my old boss Roland. Yeah, he was. That's right. A lovely man. He he still is. Still is. I assume. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he, uh, you know, he was probably in it well into his fifties, maybe even sixties, and he comes in one day to the office, and his leg is in a cast, like a full oh plaster cast, and he was 
just one of those he was sort of young at heart and he was playing on a slip and slide with his like nieces and nephews and he um oh, he did that thing where he got to the end of the slip and slide and hit a patch i think of oh, non no. or he he hit a non wet patch on the slip and slide and it basically stopped him in his tracks and snapped his bone Jeeves, in half. You have to stop talking I now. Know. I am getting that. Do you have that? I'm getting that tingling feeling yeah, in my it, undercarriage, that empathetic, I think he, they call it sympathetic. Nervous response. Yeah. yeah I, when he told me that story, I was like, well, thank you. I will never be able to get on another slip and slide. Oh, but I think gosh. that's for the best. This commercial even showed the... Um, the uh, the little clamps. I almost had a, a physical memory of pushing those the pins that yeah. push the yellow slide down into the ground. Now the slip and slide, and this is the one we had, was pretty no frills, right? I think there was a little bit of water that would kind of. I, I don't. You even hooked know, it up to your hose. Would it make an arc of water, or did it only keep the surface wet? I remember just. Basically I think they started the tarting it up after a while. Yes, exactly, and more on that in a second. First, though, so this is the slip and slide commercial from 1988. I don't know for certain if this is a commercial that I used to watch or not, but this is definitely the product that we had. You got a long, hot summer. You got nothing to do. I tell you, slip and slide is a way to get through. You get wet on slip and slide. You get cool. It's a long, wet ride. And you're hot on a slip and slide. Slip, slip and slide. First you stride, then you glide, then you slide, slide, slide. And get wet. Slip, slip and slide. The original slip and slide, and now the new slip and splash from Whammo. The slip and splash there at the end, a nod to them, as you say, tarting them up. Yeah, they put a little sort of uh, re- reservoir at the end, and you kind of clash. The the images that they're showing are, of course, just very basic, like kids all sliding smoothly down yeah. this long slip and slide. But we never had the kind of yard that didn't have, like, roots oh, and, okay. you know, rocks and stuff in it. So, like... You could. There was nowhere that we could put the slip and slide down that was like a. Like, we don't have. We didn't have a golf course anywhere you could put mm. it down. It would be perfectly smooth. Also, they show those kids going through the water like it's, you know, a log flume ride. Like there's so much water, and my memory of it is like, you, you know, yes, you could get a, a slide going, but you weren't going to be like drenched in water. You weren't drenched in water. I, I do feel like you had a harder time with this than us. I mean, we had, you know, like a plot plot of land out in the country so finding a patch of land that is or finding a patch of grass that was relatively unhilly and root free you know in the middle of our yard for what what would that thing even be maybe 12 feet you think 15 yeah well, probably longer than that maybe 20 feet or something maybe yeah. wasn't it wasn't a huge issue for us not that we didn't have the occasional like you find out there was a stone or a stick under there the hard way but um for the most part i i think me and my sister were pretty happy with the slip and slide but the commercials i would always see that commercial by the way was from 1988 this one is from 1989 I never had this and I never played with this, but this was the commercial that was in heavy, heavy rotation when I was a kid. Crocodile Mile. Now, do you remember? Did you ever did you ever take the trip down Crocodile Mile? I don't think we ever had this. I know we had a slip and slide. Okay. I don't think we had any of the more fancy versions. So the Crocodile Mile, the the killer app on this one was it was basically a slip and slide, but then when you got to the end, there was a little bump that would maybe send you up in the air and then you'd splash down into a I mean, when I say a pool. 
I mean, the t- like three inches of water maybe, yeah. and you splash. And where that hump is also, I think there's like an archway that the kid would kind of go through, almost like a picture a um, a car wash, like flaps of a car wash, and it had a crocodile it's- on it, and you're going through this thing, and you slam down supposedly in this pool that is, again, yeah. three or four inches of water tops. O- only because children's bones are made of rubber do they not right. all just become absolutely like you know, crippled for life yeah. with these things. If I tried to do it with my porous old bones. Oh my God. Forget ha- it. You have, it, I'd be like the end of uh, death becomes her where you just to like <laughs> gather up the pieces. That is such a great movie. Um, so also I just want to point out like, why was this called crocodile mile? Like, okay, sure. There is water involved and water and land. So maybe that makes sense. But I think it really, this is 1988 has a lot more to do with just our fascination with Australia. Right. Oh, you, you think it's that? Well, you, of, you could, you just got you're, an Aust- you're laying this at the feet of Sir Paul Hogan. I, I'm, I, I, most I don't know if he's a sir. He is from now on. He is only to be referred to <laughs> as Sir Paul Hogan. I absolutely am. And this commercial does not begin in a kid's backyard. This commercial begins in the jungle. In the jungle or the outback? What do you do when you see a crocodile? You run, you slide, you have the punk, take a dive. It's Crocodile Mile, the great new water slide with splashdown pool. And the incredible boomerang bump that sends you flying. But watch out for the crocs. (laughs) You run, you slide, you have the punk, take a dive. Now, first of all, I love the combination of the boner spring sound with the slide whistle. Like, Mm -hmm. that is just classic. You're right. I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't know. You just see the camera is like this first person perspective at the beginning of somebody like kind of going through tall grass. And then you see... Just the like the color palette changes. Yeah. They show a quick they just have some stock cheap, footage. Yeah, cheap <laughs> stock footage of a crocodile. Then kids running and going down the crocodile mile. And then when you hear the the uh, boing with this with the slide whistle, it's because the child has slid into a. Uh, or almost collided with a crocodile tail. Which is not actually part of the toy at all. Like, it says, like, but watch out for the crocodile. And you'd think, like, if this was a um, a game or something, you would think, oh, it's like hungry, hungry hippos, but watch out, get them all. Like, there's really nothing to look forward to here yeah, or look out for. Yeah, and why is it for. called the boomerang bump? It doesn't send you backwards. It's just, it's our obsession with, this is, You're again, right. you laid at the also, feet Also, I do not think that was a look. I don't think that was a legit Australian accent. I think that was someone. Sends you flying. But watch out for the crocs. <laughs> you don't think that's real? I don't. You don't think that was Sir Paul Hogan himself? I don't think that was a real Australian, no. But you're right. It's, it's called the boomerang. I didn't even think about that. I was confused why it was called the boomerang, but didn't give it a second thought when I was pulling this commercial I'm surprised earlier. they didn't like work in but kangaroos and wallabies and whatever <laughs> yeah, else. Right. They should have like, they, they should show a slip and slide and say, you call that a backyard game? Okay, sorry. Terrible <laughs> accent. I will never do that again. Um, so Genevieve, I was not allowed to play with guns as a kid, right? My mom was very against, like, toy, toy guns. Yeah. Any, any guns, right. really. But you weren't like, allowed to play with toy guns, but you were allowed to play with real guns. Yeah, exactly. Um, when I was 15, maybe, or, yeah, probably around 15, I think I finally talked my parents into letting me get a, a BB gun, which mm-hmm. I did use, um, you know, just to shoot at cans and, and various things. I could tell you more about that, but I'll just bore you and the show will never end if I just seriously just tell you every story from my youth. So, I've heard a lot of your BB gun stories. Yeah, but has the listener. Um, but anyway, uh, that came much later. But as a kid, like my next door neighbor, 
um, uh, his last name was Jansen, Mike Jansen. He was like two years younger than me, and he had like he had all the cap guns. I would love to go over to the cross the driveway, go to his place, and play with the cap guns because we were not allowed to play with cap guns at, yeah. at our place. And I don't. And I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I really didn't have a lot of uh, toy guns or anything uh-huh. as a kid. But a cap gun doesn't have a projectile. It nope. just makes a noise. Just right? makes a noise. I mean, you could maybe argue that maybe my mom just didn't allow them for annoyance reasons, but I don't think so. I think she just didn't like the idea of kids running around with guns. Very right? progressive and right spot on. And yeah, I wouldn't consider my family to be progressive in any way, but it was just something that my mom had. Although I will say we had like a, you know, like a, a real gun, a twenty two, um, that, you know, my dad would, as I got older, he would show me like kind of how to use it and stuff. But we're a responsible family. But um, squirt guns were a different deal, yeah. right? I talked to you about uh, like the weird loopholes my family had growing up. Like we yes. weren't allowed to eat sugar cereal, but Rice Krispies wasn't a sugar cereal. But somehow Cocoa Krispies like slipped in because it's a rice crispy <laughs> it makes no sense right no it does not but i i love it yeah. and so i feel like squirt guns were my loophole for playing with guns because now you think you're picturing just like the cheap plastic squirt guns we had as kids oh right? those terrible ones where like you could never get the little plastic exactly. plug to, to go in properly and they would split down the middle because they're made from a plastic mold that was right. sealed in the middle and eventually that would like kind of break apart and it would just like you'd leak all over yourself but they started making you know much more sophisticated squirt guns as i got older now a, a lot of people of our generation might remember the super soaker and we'll get into that uh, in a moment but how many people remember the Entertech. Do you, do, if I say Entertech to you, does that even mean anything? It does, and uh, it happens to be because I was doing some research for this show and I came across it um, for a separate show we were doing, but they were the ones that were so realistic um, that they are probably no longer, you're probably not al- no longer allowed to sell them like that anymore. Yeah, the one I had, and so these things, these things were like assault style weapons that shot water, but the original ones were just black too. Yeah. And this this commercial that I'm going to play for you is the squirt gun that I had, which was called Genevieve, the AK Centerfire. Yeah, and they were repeating action, like it, in, yes, and you, you would know, put batteries in. I think it would like take an automatic four, weapon. Yeah, you you put four batteries in it, and then you'd fill up. You'd literally a clip would come out, like a banana clip on yeah. mine. You'd fill that thing with water, and then you'd slam it in there, so you could buy more clips and a belt to wear them, so you and your friends could run around and like be swapping out clips. I think. I might have had two clips. I don't Remind think I had a belt. Remind me why we have a huge gun problem in this right? country. Right? Now, I won't lie. I'm I sure love this I'm sure thing. it was super fun. Oh, my yeah. God. I loved it so much. A battery-operated squirt gun that looked like a real gun. Uh, me and my friend, I think uh, Mike next door, and I think um, I think my friend Tim, and we would chase each other around with this. I remember I had some poster that I treated like a target down in the basement. We had kind of an unfinished basement that I spent a lot of my time in in the summertime because it was cool down there. And I would shoot this thing around in the basement and, and at, at some poster. I can't remember what it was. Maybe a G.I. Joe poster or something along those lines. Taking out bad guys i mean i loved this thing so much but my god one thing that did happen later and i was glad to get mine while it was still black it was during this era the the late 80s very early 90s that um you know kids were people were using these guns to either mimic real guns and scare people or get themselves in trouble because people would think they were running around with real guns and very bad things can happen so it was during this time that people started had their companies had to start putting those red or orange 
caps on the exactly. ends of toy guns yeah. to indicate that it's fake. And the Entertech guns, they they change. I remember them. chipping those, uh, either co- <laughs> coloring or chipping those off. Not as a child, which I, again I didn't have those kind of realistic uh, toy guns to play with. But we made a, a movie with our friends a few years ago, like a twenty four hour film festival or something, and we needed to. There was there was gunplay in uh-huh. the movie. Um, and so the fake guns, the real looking uh, prop guns that we had available to us had the orange tips. Mm-hmm. And so we were, I remember levering one of those orange tips uh-huh. off because for the film, we needed it to look real. I feel like, did you do that for a Halloween costume too one year? Maybe you wouldn't have cared about I the orange tip. I cannot, I don't think I would have done that. I. It's. It would be a rare thing for me to have a gun in my Halloween mm-hmm. costume and I don't think I also just don't think it's a good idea when you're just especially if you're out drunk to have like a real yeah. looking gun you but weren't the Annie only... Oakley no no you were Lizzie Borden I was Lizzie yeah, Borden so and I did a have gun. a real axe you did that's right we were in New Hampshire and that was our real axe so Anyway, I'm going to play for you this commercial. Oh, so what happened with the Entertex was like, this is a commercial. All the guns are still black. And this AK, what is this called? The AK Centerfire was what I had. And it was like a black, you know, like assault style squirt gun. Oh, uh, you know, assault style squirt gun. Um, or a long rifle squirt gun, as I like to call it. Um, but what they end up doing to them is they would, they started producing them in bright neon colors but with a camouflage design on it sort of so it was still like and i think one of my friends had that but i had the og so i don't know if there's pride in my voice here i don't mean to sound prideful over something that is probably generally terrible but listen to this commercial for the entertech ak center fire Centerfire, automatic water weapon, batteries not included, with up to 30 feet of firing power, an extra clip for reloading, a shoulder strap for moving out. There's also the M16 rifle, the sidekick pistol, the RPG rocket water launcher, the AK Centerfire. I think my friend Tim, who had, like, I had, I was spoiled with a lot of toys, but Tim had even more. Yeah. Um, I think he might have had the the M sixteen one, but I was always very curious about the 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 little pistol that had like what they call it, the sidearm or whatever. But like yeah, very realistic assault style squirt guns, ladies and, and gentlemen. And the the commercial itself, like the action in it is all is these three little boys. Um and I will just note for the record that two of them are white and one of them is black, as if any black parent in America today okay would you know feel safe with their black child their black son running around with a a real looking gun yeah um but this I think really it's four kids because it's two on two it would appear oh whatever or well maybe six on, maybe it's three on so three, you have whatever. a bunch of kids um and they it really is shot like uh first blood part two yeah only it's like, like in the kids like, backyard but they're all yeah. kids yeah yeah exactly i gotta say this is what i grew up with so let's skip ahead a little bit to the super soaker because i'd like your take on this and boy this this is Three years later, let's see. I think that Entertech, maybe let's even just say that that was 87. I, I don't know. It's probably 88, 87, right? Now, let's go ahead to 1991. The Super Soaker. This was the Super Soaker 100, I think, which was the second model. Again, this is the version I had. The original one was the Super Soaker 50. I don't know if you re- remember in that previous commercial, Genevieve, there was um, 30 feet of firing power. Well, the Super Soaker, which was a very unrealistic looking gun, yeah. could go up to 50 feet. 
And what you, you would do is these were these goofy looking um, long squirt guns with big water canisters on the top. And yeah. you'd fill those up and you'd seal them up and then you would pump them so that you would just build up tons of uh, air pressure right, it wasn't in that canister. Powered. It wasn't battery. You would pump it like crazy and then it would shoot super strong streams of water. And yes. I wonder whatever happened to mine. But this commercial features exactly um, this model that I had, again, being spoiled. Um but I, I'm trying to I'm trying to set up this commercial here. So this is like a almost like a teen movie or a kid's movie. It's like class warfare here. We see some snobby, pretty blonde girl. That's I guess probably a teenager, although I know I'm not allowed to. Yeah, <laughs> let's, lost the I'm going to reserve judgment on this until I see it. I think she's supposed to be uh, presenting as a teen. Maybe she's a tween, but she's like she's like a snobby, cool girl, right? Mm-hmm. And these two younger kind of dweebier kids right. are at her door and she's like she's gone through puberty they have not and she's like uh sorry you aren't invited to my summer party so they're disappointed right and she closes the door on them the next thing oh, yeah, this you has see a real is, like uh porky's feel to it it definitely does mixed with for some reason <laughs> the blues brothers because then <laughs> you see a shot of is the blues brothers porky's for nerds i don't think or so. something is there is there any shared dna there what a weird uh what a weird uh dovetail here but you have the two boys who are like kind of nerdy and the door slams in their face and now it cuts to her pool party and it's very sophisticated as far as these teens or preteens are concerned they're wearing a nice um skirts and shorts it's and very the, the country club and, set. yes and the the boys shirts are uh tucked in and they're very much like the villains in any 80s movie sure. right like if it were colder out they would have a sweater over their shoulders I, tied I wish in front we would hear them. somebody say in the in the background chatter and she stepped on the ball <laughs> exactly. that would be amazing oh my god so suddenly we see this scene and then our two boys who just had the door slammed in their face for some reason they are now still wearing their shorts but they're dressed like the Blues Brothers from the waist up. They have on um, they have on these blazers and fedoras and sunglasses and collared shirts open at the collar with ties. Okay, so these two boys are dressed up like the Blues Brothers. One of them opens an old fashioned carrying bag, and the other one pulls out the Super Soaker One Hundred. And they this are going to a lot of cultural references <laughs> in so one much. in one place. And they are going to get revenge on these snobby upper crust older kids who wouldn't let them into their party. Did I forget to invite you to the pool party? Well, maybe next year. On those occasions when you need to make a big splash, there's the Super Soaker 100. It has a powerful air pressure system. Oh, Buffy! Range of up to 60 feet. Oh, this says 60 feet. Now, uh, it's one of our it's one of our heroes. Yes. It's one of the it's one of the blues children who says, Oh, Buffy. And then that's suddenly when the party realizes they're under attack, Buffy, the one who rebuffed them, ah. um, is uh, turns around and then gets soaked by the super soaker and she spills her punch, uh, her the red punch all over her outfit, and then all hell breaks loose. And a drenching spray. The Super Soaker 100. It's a water gun of a higher caliber. Also the 50 or the ultimate, the 200. I think Tim had the 200, of course. I had the 100. Um, So... 
it has to do with the amount of canisters, I believe, and air pressure. Probably milliliters or is that a line centiliters is that a line um it's a higher what does he say it's a higher caliber is that like a joke from the blues brothers or is it just like caliber like guns have a caliber i think it just says guns have a caliber it doesn't ring a specific bell but they're definitely doing a blues brothers impression um it's interesting to watch this now it's it's all in good fun right like the the snobs are are punished for their snobbery by the by the less cool kids mm-hmm. but like in a post columbine world yeah. the friendless losers showing up in dark glasses and shooting the place, and shooting up. The place yeah. up not a great look no right yeah like especially like they're not wearing trench coats they're wearing like dark suit jackets yeah but it's hard not to it's hard not to have that be evoked right right know? right so this next commercial um is not something that I even ate. I never ate Doritos, but I was just trying. I was just like brain searching. Just brain searching. I was doing some brain just doing some searching, brain searching. <laughs> trying to remember like what were the commercials I saw in heavy rotation when I was sitting down in my um, red, weirdly patterned, wall-to-wall carpeted um, family room downstairs watching our ancient television. Like what were the blue-tinted commercials on WOIO that I would watch over and over and over again? And the first one that came to mind was this one for Nacho Cheese Doritos featuring Jay Leonard. Now, he did a whole bunch of... Oh, shit. Crunch all you want. We'll make more. Exactly. He did a lot of these, I think, spanning from probably the mid to late 80s into the early 90s. Um, But there was one specific one, and I started to feel... I was kind of bummed today because I could find I found tons of them, but I could, I was like I swear there's one where he walks into a classroom and interacts with kids. Um, I found one that was set somewhere in school, and he's sort of giving a kind of a math lesson using Doritos. It's pretty stupid, but he's by himself in almost all of these commercials. It's just Jay Leno in some sort of scenario, a garage. Do you know he's got a garage? Uh, <laughs> uh, a high school, uh, a living room, whatever. And he's just him talking directly to the camera. But I swore, I remembered one Genevieve where he walks into a classroom and I was so close, he walks into a detention room and there are kids serving detention and God damn it, if I didn't find it, this was such a big win for me today. I remember this one. To me, this was, I mean, this is the one that I saw the most. Like I didn't even realize there were so many. So Jay Leno, comes into this detention uh, classroom, starts asking the kids what they're in for, and doing that thing that Jay Leno does so well, which is just tell terrible jokes that make <laughs> hardly any sense and makes your head want to explode. So basically like his monologue. Yeah, exactly. There are those that say these young people have no future. Is there any hope, or are they all truly incorrigible? What are you in for, son? Talking. Talking. <laughs> future con man. And you? Passing notes. <laughs> Potential inside trader. And what's your crime? Eating? Eating? Say, those wouldn't be nacho cheese flavored Doritos brand tortilla chips, would they? Yes, sir. The ones with the irresistibly tangy cheese crunch? Yes, sir. <gasps> A future president of the United States, Mr. President. Nacho cheese Doritos. They taste as good as they crunch. You know, it makes about as much sense as one of his uh, monologues, like you said. I mean, why did this country heap so much approval and riches on Jay Leno? I mean, I'm racking my brains here. I don't think we're the most intellectual culture out there. 
Still, it's I like, could be wrong about that. Like all of those things he says, like you said, they're not really jokes. They're right. just comments. <laughs> exactly. Insider trading because she passed notes. Also, why? And not that, I, again, I don't think that Jay Leno wrote this. Like, we should be clear about that. Um, but the kid who's in detention for eating is eating in detention. I mean, maybe he, I mean, there are kids who are like that. I guess you just can't teach them a lesson, right? You just can't teach some kids a lesson. I want to look for, so you ever, <laughs> oh, Also, I mean, it seems like the kind of detention where Jay Leno can just wander on in and, uh, and, and like do bits on people. So like, it doesn't seem like the most strict detention ever created. There is, Damn it, Genevieve, I'm looking for this now. I meant to look for this before the show. I don't think I can find it anyway. But you know when you listen to the radio and a comedian is coming to town and they have these commercials and they usually don't even swap out the jokes. They'll keep these commercials on the shelf for years and years. And anytime the comedian is rolling into town, they dust off these commercials where it's got clips of their stand-up or maybe just one clip of their stand-up. Uh-huh. Coming to Jiggles. Nope, that's Giggles. Sorry. Do you remember <laughs> that whole thing here in Seattle? Oh, yeah, sure. We had a we had a comedy club called Giggles. Yeah. Am I getting the order no, of you're operations? Right. Yeah. Comedy-, comedy club called Giggles. It was uh, sold and reopened as a strip club, changed to Jiggles, mm-hmm. and now it's back. And then it, it immediately created an an uproar in that community, and so they kind of zoned it out. And yeah. the guy who had opened it, it fought. He, he's kind of known for fighting on behalf of of strip clubs because the city. And that man's name more. was Larry Flint. <laughs> but anyway, I did mean to say Giggles there, not Jiggles. Um, but anyway, it's like you know, coming to Giggles. It's Jay Leno, you know, or right. whatever. And there is one run. I don't know where Jay Leno is coming. Not giggles. Not jiggles. But he's coming to town. I've heard this commercial a couple of times. And it is astounding, Genevieve. It is just astounding how bad the central joke of this commercial is. I think they only include one joke. And first of all, it's Jay Leno. You don't need to give us an example of his stand-up. We all know. We're familiar. Yeah. Lots of people are into it. Good on you. Love it or hate it, we all know. (laughs) But the joke he's telling is something, and I can't remember the exact setup, so I'm sure I'll do a better job with it but it's like some old man like walks into somewhere and he's like he's angry about something and he, and he says i got it up to, i've had it up to here <laughs> i really like your Leno. Thank you. i've had it up to here and he was just talking about his pants <laughs> and i'm just like that's not even funny you god uh, i'm laughing i am i am heartily amused not at that joke which is not a joke but at your amazing Leno. Yeah, no, I mean, is, is it better or worse than my Australian accent? It's a lot better. <laughs> you call that a knife. Okay, let's stop that. All right, so while we're talking about cheesy chips. This next one I call Jay Leno in the Outback. <laughs> I, am, I do not do impressions. I will, I promise you, I will do no more impressions of the show. It is so embarrassing for me. Um... So speaking of cheesy chips, this is another one that I did not eat much of. Although as a kid, I do think I ate Cheetos. I would never eat Cheetos now. I don't like anything that's cheese flavored. But as a kid, I would eat Cheetos for some reason. I wish I could get you to still eat Cheetos. Why do you want me to eat Cheetos so can, bad? I don't know. Like Then it would make sense to get them for a, a party or something. I mean, you can get them for a party. I don't have to eat everything at the party. I know. But like, you know, if I if I'm going to get us like a snack or something, I'm not going to get you. I'm not going to get Cheetos because you're not going to eat it's them. It's just so rare that you and I share snacks like that. We though. eat soup, chips and salsa together. I mean, I guess chips and salsa we keep in the house. But like I might get a bag of Chex Mix. You never really touch that. You might get a bag of like Ruffles with a, a sour cream and onion flavor. I never touch that. Like it's so 
rare that you and I are bonding over snack chips. I suppose so, but I I wish we had more opportunities. <laughs> I suppose. I feel like so. it would bring us closer yeah, together. Maybe. Do you think that? Do you think that's why our relationship is dying? That's why it's foundering. Yeah. <laughs> why it's foundering? <laughs> um, so of, you remember the Chester Cheetah commercials, of right? Yeah. Are um, they are they fully in the past? You know. I feel like Chester still pops up. That's now and right, again. because he's more three dimensional now. Yes, and they've really yeah. given him a backstory. He's got a tragic loss. I kind of so. forgot about that. These early ones are just like very rudimentary he's cartoons, cartoon. like animation. Yeah. yeah. I kind of forgot that in the later 90s and the 2000s, he becomes more like a computer graphic animation and, and a little bit more, I guess, realistic. I don't know if that's true or not. But in this one, he is a true like these are the original ads from the late 90s. He is a true heroin addicted jazz loving junkie in these things right like that i mean he that is who he's got to be modeled on right i guess so yeah like some i think so some bebop cat yeah like he's gotta he's gotta have so much junk coursing <laughs> through his veins <laughs> so in this one this is a very summary one you know he's always and again it's part of that trope where the cartoon mascot for the product is trying to eat the product but isn't allowed yeah. for some reason. We should that do a whole show about that storyline. Haven't we? I Have thought we, we did. Maybe. maybe maybe we've just discussed it in passing. Maybe. But of course, like um They're always after me, Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids is the one I was trying to think of. And of course you have Chester Cheetah who is at a poolside trying to steal some chips. Cheeto friend presents Chester Cheeto. I'm a cool daddy-o, rocking on the patio. When before my very eyes, I see cheese materialize. And my funky jive takes a dive for the cheese that goes crunch. It's not easy being cheap. I remember that when he's trying to dive off the um, the diving board, but something goes wrong and he ends up like kind of slamming into some water feature and kind of becoming the water feature and yeah, water like starts. A, a Cupid or standing over yeah. a fountain. It's interesting. He even that... says junkie. He calls himself a junkie in that. Did you hear that? Oh, does he say I'm a cheese junkie or, or he, something? He says something about my junkie eyes. <laughs> Wait, hold on. That can't be right. That can't be right. And my funky jive takes a dive for the cheese that goes crunch. Wait, did I mistake Funky for Junkie? I need to go further back. Very honest. Go all the way back. All right, go all the way back. Okay, sorry. Tito friend presents Just a Cheeto. I'm a cool daddy-o, rocking on the patio. When before my very eyes, I see cheese materialize. And my funky jive takes a dive. His for funky the jive. No, his funky Not his jive. junky eyes. <laughs> Sorry, I got ahead of myself. That would be amazing, it's, though. It's interesting how Chester has evolved um, as a character because you're right. Like in these early ones, it's a pretty rudimentary cartoon. He can't get the Cheetos because he overshoots and he like he kind of crashes into stuff. But now Chester is like he's sort of the. I don't know if he's like meant to be a literal character or if elder he's, statesman. Well, he's either a literal character who's usually like aiding and abetting someone in getting some Cheetos, or he may be the the representation of the id. Oh wow! Trying to like you know get the Cheetos that you want because usually he's like helping 
like the kid and the mom steal the Cheetos from the dad mm-hmm. or the family, okay, you know, yeah. like he's he's in some way like abetting a Cheeto based crime. Uh-huh, right, right. Because he's a junkie for Cheetos. <laughs> yes, he's he has junky eyes. <laughs> this commercial, I didn't remember until I stumbled on it. I started just watching. Um, it was so much fun putting this show together. Can we just do this every week? <laughs> and eventually I'll be young again. Um this next commercial I didn't even remember until I found it in the middle of a montage. And oh my gosh, I was kind of getting near the end of my kind of production. I was like, I don't know. I started scrolling faster and faster through these. Like, you know, people will just say like, here's a 20 minutes of just commercials that uh, I got off a of VHS tape from 1987 when I was taping the the Sunday night movie, right. WOIO or whatever. Um, and I was scrubbing pretty quickly. I'm like, I, I think I'm done here. And then I just saw a quick image of this commercial and I immediately knew I have to play this one. This is for the game of life. Do you remember this? Sure. It's got a song that goes along with yes, it and everything. Absolutely. We never, this wasn't a game that we played in my household. Oh, but we I, did. I was familiar with it as like, because of commercials. That's funny. We played it a lot. In fact, it seemed like kind of a, a somewhat, I mean, I don't want to put too fine a point on, but it almost seemed like a mature game to us a little bit because it was very much about like growing up and starting a family right. and getting a bunch of kids in that little car of yours and driving it around town. And it's also a little bit more, although I, I have never, I've played it maybe, you know, something at a friend's house or something, but this is also one of those early games that you play when you're transitioning away from really babyish games like Candyland, mm, sure. you know, or maybe, or Shoots and Ladders, where it's just a function of your dice roll. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, Monopoly felt uh, like that, too. Like, the Monopoly was a game that adults would play by yeah. themselves. And this sort of felt like this bridged that a little bit. I agree. So, um, and I, as soon as I saw this imagery, I was like, oh, my God, I remember this commercial. So, for those who can picture the game of life, you see a family um, sitting around a table for some reason that I still cannot quite figure out, the dad is sort of dressed like Bill Nye the Science Guy, only with suspenders. The rest of the family looks kind of normal, but he's got on a red bow tie and red suspenders, hmm. which I don't think plays into the game. I don't think there's some like character in the game that looks like that. The characters were these little tiny pegs that you would just put in the car. I don't know. Yeah, but the rest of the family doesn't have some outlandish character to them. Not really. So they're sitting around the table playing it and you'll hear the song and it rhymes and describes what you're doing. But then as they're playing the game, they they kind of are represented inside the game as well. Like the game of life itself, your your playing piece is a little empty car with six slots that as you have kids or whatever, you can put them in there. Um, But it's a tiny little car the size of like your thumbnail or something, maybe a little bit bigger than that. Depends how you grow your nails. Listen, I'm going into too much detail here, but you're still doing it. But in this commercial, these folks are sucked into the game and they're now uh-huh. driving their cars around and crossing paths with each other and competing with each other. And at one point, this is the part that I really remember. At one point, the music kind of breaks down and the girl says, be a star or something along those lines. <laughs> Take a listen to this. You can be a winner at the game of life. I'm on my way. Make a choice. Make my pay. You may go back. Game of Life for Milton Bradley. 
I remember that song so well. Yes, I remember that. I remember that song very well. It was a great jingle. The dad is dressed like a nerd, um, and he's giving me. I, I was trying to kind of Google this while we were on the fly here. This was probably like an, a Reagan era, mm. uh, you know, creation or or production. Sure, eighty eight. Yeah, eighty nine. I guess this is. And I think that this guy is meant to evoke a certain kind of Reaganite style nerd. I see. Okay, almost like a proto Tucker. Proto Tucker, but like, um, I and I was trying to see if there was like a particular person who kind of like pioneered or or like emblematic, you know, was emblematic of that style. Mm-hmm. But um, there was just like that. There was like a type of nerd in the '80s that I feel like that guy is being. Mm-hmm. Maybe that can. I don't. Not to tell you your business, but maybe we can take a screen grab of that or something for the show picture. I would accept that these old commercials are rough. Yeah, on, uh, it's not very to, good. Trying fidelity. to get a screen grab, you basically just get like a watercolor. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do another one here. Uh, this is not really that remarkable of a commercial. I'll be honest. So we don't have to spend that much time with it. But I was just thinking, like, what was fundamentally, and again, I'm putting myself in my family room, and the things that, the things that really felt like summer to me were, uh, were the slip and slide and squirt guns and Dairy Queen blizzards. They were relatively new around this time, or at least like, new to us. Yeah, I feel like when the blizzard was invented, it was kind of revolutionary. Yes, and my go-to. I mean, like, God, I haven't had a blizzard in so long. Every time I've gotten it, I would say in the past, like, I mean, I, do you think that you and I have had blizzards since we've been together? We've been together for 21 years. Here's the problem with that. I, although I can certainly appreciate a blizzard, when I go to Dairy Queen, it's actually not my pick. I either want a dipped cone oh. or I want the chocolate malt. Chocolate. I almost want to, should we, is there Dairy Queen around here? Should we just go get some blizzards? Let's just after go this? get some blizzards after this. I used to get. I would experiment with getting nerds in my. I'm really blizzard. mad that we stopped at Dairy Queen on our way to yeah. uh, to Layla, uh, last weekend and got hot treats, which were disgusting, and we left the cool treats on the table. Yeah, my hot treats weren't disgusting. Well, first of all, they were too hot. I got uh, chicken tenders right out of the oven. It wasn't terrible, but it was weird that it came with toast. Anyway. <laughs> Um, oh, do you know what I learned about that later? By the way, apparently the chicken finger basket used to be somewhat famous at DQ. This is our this is our friends. We were meeting up with our friends who like know fast food lore. Like <laughs> um, apparently the big thing was it was like the chicken finger basket. And it would come with gravy too, almost like that white country style gravy, and you would dip the Texas toast into ah. the gravy or whatever. Okay, um, so I am including this commercial just because. I was thinking about my ultimate late 80s summer, and uh, Dairy Queen blizzards were a big part of that. And there's one thing that I would like to remark upon in this commercial, but mostly you just see um, close-ups of ice cream swirling around while ingredients are going into them. It's the blizzard, an original Dairy Queen treat. So rich, so thick, you gotta spoon it up. Now get your blizzard made with a Nestle's Crunch Bar. Cookies. That was me. Fruit or nuts. The choice is yours. Spoon up some excitement. The blizzard. There it is. Dairy Queen. It's so quaint what they used to serve it with. It was like cookies. Yeah. Or fruits or nuts. Like now it's like, you know... Some insane thing. Well, some insane combination thing. Remember, we were hanging out. I remember out. they did serve nerds. I would get them with nerds, which sounds terrible to me now. Well, we were talking, we were hanging out with our friend's mom over the weekend, mm-hmm. and she said she got a blizzard recently. And she was really disappointed because she 
she got what she thought would just be like a souped up Oreo blizzard. Yeah, she got like an Oreo blizzard plus or something. Yeah, and the, guess what the plus is? Fucking gummy bears. Yeah, that's Gross. really weird to me. Don't put that's a gummy really bear in a cold environment. They're not built for it. I also... <laughs> You're hurting the bears. I also was curious why they just said cookies, and then they show a cookie that doesn't. It's not an Oreo it, branded, but, it's an but it Oreo-esque. looks like one of those. Yet they have the branding, like now they did they back. Do. They didn't then. I, I swear, I always so. used to order Oreo. I think, I think as the Blizzard became more of an icon, hmm. other brands wanted to jump on the bandwagon. They didn't do it in this ad, and I think this came later. But I love the fact that a Blizzard is still. They will always hold it upside down. For yes, you. that was. I think the it's thing. a great. I've forgotten. That's the one thing that I found notable is at the end of the commercial, you just see them turn the spoon upside down. They don't even comment on it. But you know, they were also said at the beginning, like a treat that you eat with a spoon is yeah. so thick. Like they were trying to tell you, like this looks like a milkshake, but this is a milkshake plus. Yes, exactly. Know? And and the the turning it upside down is a thing that they actually do at the store. I have been really? with someone who got a blizzard recently or within the last two or three years. I, as I said, got the chocolate malt. She got a blizzard and they do, they just routinely, reflexively, when they hand it to you, they quickly flip it upside down, show you that it's solid. The real deal. The real deal. It's just a thing that they've been trained to do. Really? I love it though. I had no idea. It's great branding. It's I, such good branding. I just clicked on their website and they only show the blizzards upside down. Yes. You're right. It's, it's totally their brand. This next one, I don't know if you're going to have a lot to say about it, Veeves. I was just so glad as I was able to find it. It's for something called Turtle Beach. I only remembered this commercial. And again, this was one where I was just like, I just remember seeing, because I would say all the time, Turtle Beach, dude, or something like that. And you weren't more popular. Hmm. I don't know. Let's see. So weird. Kiss me now is what I'd say to the girls. Turtle Beach, Turtle dude. Beach, dude. Um, and I remember these. <laughs> it turns out Turtle Beach was one feature at Geauga Lake, which is in Aurora, Ohio. Geauga a now, Lake. A now defunct water park. Giardia Lake. Yeah, (laughs) Geauga is a county in Ohio. I assume that Aurora is in Geauga. Geauga Lake was an amusement park, and then the Turtle Beach part of it was kind of newish, and it was um, the water park. Uh So it was an amusement park with a special. In fact, Cedar Point, I believe, in Ohio has like not Splash Mountain, but they have some similar thing. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's the rare park now that doesn't have some kind of water, uh, you know, uh, auxiliary park. That you pay extra for, yeah. And then, but, um, and I just remember pay seeing, extra for Giardia. I remember seeing this commercial so many times, and it's just, it's well, it's like a real, well, it's a technological feat, um, the type of thing that we will later see in such movies as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because we see a bunch of real life kids and they're hanging out with a cartoon turtle who, by the way, I couldn't find this on YouTube. Obviously, it's not on iSpot. I only found this on some website called RetroJunk.com. Like, I so lucked into this. Like, it's not an embedded YouTube video. It's like, it's only embedded on their site, and I could not be more thankful to RetroJunk for validating that this did exist. Take a listen to this Turtle Beach commercial. Every now and then you will hear the cartoon talk and I think you'll know when it's the cartoon talking. Dudes. 
He never says Turtle Beach, dude. That might have been a different commercial, or I was just it might, somewhat Maybe you're having a my, Mandela yeah, effect. You can't have it as just one person. Um, there are two things about that ad I want to just uh, call to your attention. One is it's mostly kids having fun at the park in the water slides and water attractions. Sure. They're very cute. They're all wearing their little sunglasses and their little bathing suits. And then there's a scene where just two little girls are crawling on a beach with a real live... I'm going to say tortoise, not a turtle, even though it should be like a, mm-hmm. a sea turtle. And they're very young. They're like toddlers yeah, who are crawling they're just around. Crawling around. I, think, I feel like they just somebody had this on their, on their camcorder and was like, you know, this would probably fit in there. A tortoise is kind of like a turtle. And then there's one scene where just a bunch of kids are running down a pathway carrying enormous plastic crayons yeah so okay well let's talk about the i don't know what the what's the attraction there do you think that the thing with the little kids do you think they're trying to be inclusive of kids who can't walk yet that's like these are crawling age kids who are crawling with the turtle but there were no re- <laughs> turtle beach contains no real turtles <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't think they're actually advertising the fact that there are turtles crawling around on this beach in ohio right that seems dangerous i don't think that's hey it. let your no. babies play with the your baby play. and then the other thing is yeah well this must just be like a fun boardwalk or something the crayon and they part. just you win the crayons at a maybe these are just big giant you the, win like, them fun like crayons in a, in a yeah. carnival game or something yeah but anyway i was just so there's also just like two little girls sunbathing like if i were the kids parent, i'd be like you can sunbathe at home. We paid admission. Yeah. We paid like get on the goddamn yeah. slide. We paid thirty five dollars, and that was after we brought the coke can to get the discount. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Um, did you ever go to Turtle Beach? No, I never went to Geauga Lake. I don't think, which is probably why they never uh, succeeded. No, I was a, um, I was a, uh, a Cedar Point kid. Oh, okay. It was a you know long drive, but Cedar Point was the place to be. It's America's roller coaster. Oh, I love Cedar Point. Yeah, in fact, a, a listener sent in a photo recently. I think I was uh, with you. We were like, uh, I don't know, we're at a barbecue or something this weekend, and um, I got a text message from a listener um, that was just like her uh, in front of the Cedar Point sign, just I know. trying to make me jealous out I here am in jealous. Seattle. Come on. Um, I guess we don't have to spend too much time with this next one because everybody knows that it's iconic. I think, right? Freedom Rock? Like, that was a national campaign, right? The Freedom Rock commercial? Um, Go ahead and play it. Really? You don't know? So, for me, this was like a universal language amongst people in my generation. What is it for? This is for a, well, very specifically, four-record, three-cassette, or two-CD set of classic rock songs or songs kind of from the from the 60s and 70s. Okay. Um, just like one, kind of like Time Lifestyle collection yeah. of music. Only It's Boomer Heroin. Yes. And now this came out in, I believe, 19... 19- this says 88, but I was doing a little research. This came out in 1987 originally, and you have these two guys who are dressed like hippies. So keep in mind, this is late 80s, but these guys are dressed like it's the 60s, like totally hippied out. They're just sitting in lawn chairs outside their van. One of them hits play on a boom box, and the one says, and this is where it's universal language, one says, is that Freedom Rock, man? Then turn it up, man. That was like, the, you don't know that? That was like the catchphrase of a generation. I feel I... like me and all my friends went around all the time all right, saying I'm that. I'm putting a poll on Facebook. Okay. Uh, did you have Freedom Rock uh as a like is that a is that a thing that everybody knew when you were growing up? Take a listen to this, and I think 
So this is like a minute and a half commercial. The main feature of it, of course, is um, them just like doing the scrolling list of songs, most of them white, and then the yellow ones are the ones that you're actually hearing. Right. Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Course. That kind of yes, style. Now that, now that is, to me, a universal language of like music compilation commercials. Yes. And then eventually the one, the main hippie or the person who is cast as hippie number one. Yes. I'll tell you that later. Yeah. I uh, got some <laughs> he details for sure on has this. That, he for sure has that on his resume. Yeah. Um, uh, is doing the explaining. Take a listen. Hey, man, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, man. <laughs> turn it up, man. Okay, so that's that is classic. That is so classic. So now, classic. and that guy is basically all just it's just basically Tommy Chong. Yeah, kind of that. Oh, turn it up, yeah. man. Don't you? I don't want to play too much of this because I don't want to get pulled down. I think Friends by Elton John there is a weird pick. Like, I don't even know that song. I don't either, and I'm actually curious to hear it now. But, uh, like, yeah, I, that's the only one on this that I don't know and that I wouldn't have, like, been able to, with a blindfold on, tell you was going to be in this list. Now, I think Hippie Number 1 is about to have his first big line here. If I leave it tomorrow has it all man 40 original rock hits by the original artist on four records three cassettes or two cds here's more <laughs> he's like a little bit shaky oh my he's god like, here's more and he kind of holds his hands i don't know what direction you. that actor was given I, I have information on that i cannot I'm coming, wait i'm coming I up to that to now hear. yes get freedom rock too four records or three cassettes are only 19.95 two cds only 24.95 here's how to order call toll free 1-800-632-1700 or save cod fees by sending 19.95 for records or cassettes or 24.95 for compact discs plus three i am shocked that they had compact discs this early yeah, and in a commercial I, like this, that's where I did. I was like, "Wait, do I have my years wrong?" But no, no it came out in '87, and that was the offer in 1987. That was a pretty early offer for compact discs or CDs, as they would later come to be known. Yes, yes. Um, so, Mental Floss is the exact kind. Mental Floss or Mel Magazine. Somebody had to write up the oral history of this thing, of right? Of course, yeah. And so, um, which does give credence to your theory. That this was kind of an icon. The article begins with italicized quotes. Hey, man, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. Yeah, man. Turn it up, man. <laughs> um, That's a real shit like this. Please save that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're right. Although I do believe it's over music. This is uh, by Jake Rossin, by the way, the um, author of this article, Mental Floss from 2015. Um it says, less a commercial and more a piece of performance art. The two-minute spot aired around 1987, depicted two burnouts, grooving the hits from Leonard Skinner to the Jefferson Airplane, etc., near the van. Everything that we just uh, described for you. It says it was a brainchild of Razor Tie, which was an independent record label that, was f- that then farmed out the production for the TV spot. The two actors were Michael Beard. He's the one who does all of the talking, um, and he's hippie number one, and Red Perry. 
Um, they were local guys in the Colorado Springs area where it was filmed. And um, Beard, hippie number one, was a theater regular while Perry was a DJ for a local radio station, K-I-L-O. Um, Kilo is a good radio station name. It is a great, you're absolutely right. Um, and so uh, somebody tracked down Beard, hippie number one, and uh, he said he was paid about $700 for the spot back then. Um, he said his direction was to, he was acting, quote, nervous and stoned. Um, his hippie number one character appears irresistibly upbeat, even while suffering what looks to be a mild case of the tremors. <laughs> He's turned. He's cranked so much. He's so cranked he, up. They just need. He needed to do. He's like drinking coffee in the ad too. I think fifteen percent less on all across the board there was another commercial that is less famous I don't know this one that featured more the second guy the guy uh -huh. who's a real DJ yeah. um, and it featured him I think in, in a role as a DJ or something along those lines unfortunately that actor or not that actor I guess that DJ um, died way back in 1995 in fact um, but Beard hippie number one the guy doing most of the talking is in Japan now and he performs with a cover band called Flashback uh, a, a band in New New Hampshire called Rippin E Breaks, which I can tell you as somebody who lived in New Hampshire for a while, that is definitely a band name from New Hampshire. I'm quite sure we saw them at the Barley House. I'm sure they played the Barley House. I'm sure we yeah. saw them and left. Um, they this is like back in um, 2013, so somewhat recently, they hired Hippie Number One to do like a online commercial for their album. I would play it for you, but it is so cringy like he's now an older man trying to reprise this I, do you want me to play it for you it's even i mean I it's so hard it. you think so i can take it yeah okay it's kind of hard to watch this is for the band ripping e-break hey man remember the good old tunes well these are the good new tunes by the ripping e-breaks yeah fast songs slow songs you name it hey just take a listen And they're, what they're doing is the same the same idea with the, the rolling up of all the song names, yep. and they are highlighting in yellow the ones that you're hearing. It's kind of a fun Which actually, gag. I don't even totally hate this music either. Well, this I do hate. Hey, man. No internet? Well, the Rip and Eat Breaks better make an album, man. Yeah, they better make an album so we can turn it up, man. Okay, that's okay, about like, all I can that's take. That's all okay? I can take. Uh, yeah, we're done here. Now take. we're seeing live footage of the Rip and E Breaks. Oh, my God. Okay. This looks like a mouse rat. Um, so let's get they out of there. I wish they were mouse rats. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd be interested. I mean, you can still put that poll up to see how many people remember the Freedom Rock commercials. Because to me, like, I just sort of, I thought yeah. that was a universal generational knowledge. I'm going to put it up. Knowledge. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, because I'm me and I had to do this, right? Because I almost pulled the trigger on something today. I did want to see what Freedom Rock is going for on eBay. Okay. Um, it's funny. It's in a different order now. If you get it all four on vinyl, it's up to $100. One is uh, listed at $72. But I believe it was a three CD cassette, right? Like some people just have like a one one of the cassettes or whatever, yeah. and they're selling it for $6 or whatever. But I found two listings for all three Freedom Rock cassettes for $15. Should I do it? I mean, can't you just listen to the soundtrack of Forrest Gump? Call it a day. Hmm. I don't have that either. How much is <laughs> Good. that on Good, don't eBay? get that. Uh, Mama used to say... Life is like a box of music. Um, so anyway, I, you, you're you're a no on that. Don't um, don't buy the Freedom don't, Rock. 
please don't spend money to buy a bunch of songs that I could just that you could hear if you just put on like 60s at six. Right. Or Spotify, two things that we are currently paying for. So, okay. Um, this last one, Genevieve, not unlike a commercial I was talking about before, the Life uh, uh, Game commercial. I thought I was done for the day. I was like, that's it. That's all I got. And then I was scrolling really fast through one of these montages, and I just saw a snippet of this, and I was like, oh, my God, I think I remember this. Now, I remember you can only find the shorter version of this online, except here in the middle of a montage, 1988 NBC commercials from WKYC in Cleveland, okay? Okay. Uh, I have the full 60-second commercial for Wrigley's Spearmint Gum. You have a young man. Again, this is 1988, so com computers are in the culture, but no internet, right? Yeah. We're talking the, the big five-and-a-half-inch floppy disks right. or whatever those were. And this guy, this is so goddamn good. So it's a young man, and we see him right at the beginning of the commercial he's taking off his glasses because he's sitting behind the computer and he says time for a break time for some gum which to <laughs> me that is the amazing part of this that like they're setting forward this time it's like okay now it's time to relax yeah and oh, have some gum some gum and that's really key, kick back because i looked I, I looked for isolated versions of this commercial which you can find dude, online you can just have gum anytime the 30 second one just begins with him saying Hey, it's time for some Ripley Spearman gum. But the to me, the the beaut the chef's kiss is time to take a break. Oh, I love it. Or I think he says time to relax. <laughs> time for <laughs> some, something. We'll hear it here in a second. And then the computer starts talking to him. So this is a um, you know, a computer that has like black screen with green type on it, and then right. eventually some like very very simple images but then at one point the computer sort of goes max headroom on it and has like a a white person flesh tone sort of 3d image of yeah. a face but we're talking 1988 here you got to take a listen to this looks like i actually have the sting on here from uh whatever the nbc movie we were watching now we return to short circuit starring ali sheedy and steve gutenberg <laughs> Time to relax. Definitely time for some Wrigley Spearmint gum. Wrigley Spearmint? What? What is Wrigley Spearmint? Well, it's pure chewing satisfaction. Pure chewing satisfaction? Need more data, please. So the computer just sucks one of the pieces of gum into its uh, disk drive. I couldn't love the fact that this is playing... It's is airing during a showing of Short Circuit. Yeah, more that is that is called synergy. I am going to say something here that I could be totally wrong about, but the fact that the more famous version of this was thirty seconds, I almost wonder if this was a TV event and they made this commercial with this airing in mind. This exact it's, it's so on the nose for the like the vibe of Short Circuit and the voice of yeah. Short Circuit. Oh my god! Well, it's pure chewing satisfaction. Pure chewing satisfaction. Also, what is Ripley's Spearmint? Well, it's it's gum. Pure chewing satisfaction. No, it's gum. Yeah. Also, how that's like the, answer three or four. This a, computer a follow up doesn't have a microphone. How are they? How is it hearing you? Oh, also, how is it talking, it talking to? Action. Need more data, please. Whoa, Ripley's Spearmint is cool and refreshing. 
this I gotta see. Right? Now suddenly the screen has the ability to animate things this has like big a big celery man like, energy. Like, by yes, the way. It, oh my god. I'm okay. <laughs> um, now you see like an animation of a guy surfing on the screen, but it's like that that kind of graphics will not be coming until like the mid nineties, yes. really. But this gum has really jacked up the computer. The experiment has a mouth pleasing feeling. Can't argue with that. Now what happens if I cross reference? Satisfying. Chewing enjoyment goes on and on. That computes. So what's your analysis? Wrigley Spearman is pure chewing satisfaction. Yeah. So how come you never talked to me before? Wrigley Spearman is. You're having pure a psychotic break, sir. Chills, Genevieve. Oh my God, that is amazing. Chills, is that not amazing? That's really amazing. I just want to keep going forever because the commercial that comes on after this is where I get I this actually shit wouldn't like this mind. From. I know I don't typically like to do a show that's just one kind of product because I think it uh-huh. it's sort of reductive in the end, uh-huh. but. I'm thinking about the uh, the Dell kid and yeah. like computer commercials through the years. I think uh-huh. would actually be kind of fun. I might put. I together. thought you were gonna say gum. <laughs> you you can do a show about gum. <laughs> I'll do a show about. I mean, I guess that isn't a computer a commercial for a computer, but like no, no, but the, yeah. the representation maybe of computer technology, personal computing technology through the years, I think is interesting. Maybe that's something I'll pursue. Can we call my gum show Sensible Gum Control? Um, so, okay, that ends my little journey to childhood, right? But in my research today, I came across this commercial that is blowing my goddamn mind, and I wanted to share it with you. Okay. You and I were, I think I can speak for both of us here, very late to the 1980s movie, or I guess 1990 movie Quick Change. We were, and yeah. So this Tragically is, late, and it should be more of a, cla- a Bill Murray classic. Yeah, like, I'm fr- like, you know, what about Bob? Maybe that was 93. My family loved that, yes. and I knew, but like a few years earlier, there was Everyone loves Groundhog Quick Day. Chain, Groundhog Day, which is even later still, I think. But in 1990, Bill Murray and I can't remember who else was in it. I want to say... Um, oh, Gina Davis. Gina Davis, yes. And that's of course, to think of. the inimitable Randy Quaid. Oh, right. Before the Star Whackers got to him. Um, they're in this movie, Quick Change, which is about a... It starts off being about a, a bank heist and then the, the... It's a great heist movie. It's a great heist movie. And it's funny and it's so weird. It's pretty dark. It's not like too dark to show like a you know your tween or whatever but it's it's weirder and darker than like um it's it's not purely a romp there's some there's some surreal or or some dark qualities to it like an energy to it that's just like a little bit you know how bill murray does like he he just there's always an edge with him which Mm -hmm. i love yeah um in fact, should I play? I know that in my library I have um, one little scene from Quick Change that makes me laugh so much. I don't know if it'll, um, if it will stand up here. Here, just try. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is funny. yeah, this is this is it here. This is Bill Murray. So he dresses like a clown, I believe, when he's robbing the bank. But then the, the you're giving it away. Okay, I won't give anything away, but this this is him. Um, Describing a bank robber. Okay, there we go. It's an old movie. Is the strain beginning to show on him? If I can sleep 10 days and nights in a rice paddy, I can certainly last in this lousy bank. This is what the animal said to us. He says to Miss Cochran here, Baby, up your butt with a coconut. I think he was prepared to do it. <laughs> Except I saw no coconut. Uh, he had no coconut to my dollar. <laughs> he had no coconut to my dollar. Um, 
<laughs> and that scene is even funnier if you kind of know what he's pulling there. But anyway. Oh, God. So, it's so good. Genevieve, I have seen a million, conservatively a million commercials for movies yeah. in my lifetime, including like comedies, right? Not to brag. <laughs> this next commercial for this movie, I have never seen anything like it. So okay. it is a very low budget commercial. It almost seems like a almost like a SNL kind of quick throwaway thing. Bill Murray is sitting on a, his couch in a living room, right? And he's talking to he's watching TV and he's flipping through the TV and he's talking to us while he's watching TV and He's saying, this is the things people are saying about my new movie, Quick Change. Like, when have we ever just seen something? Like, when have we seen the star of a movie talking directly to us saying, here are some things people are saying about Quick Change? Now, the joke here is, and I think I got to explain in advance, um, spoiler alert, but the joke is they've clearly done that thing where they're talking to people outside the movie theater to yes. get their reaction. But in this case, they clearly fed the people the same lines. Uh-huh. And so you just get a montage of all these people saying the same shit about this movie That's and about funny. Bill Murray. It's funny, but it's like so low budget. And the star of the movie is talking to us to sell this movie. It is so weird. Take a listen to this. Hello. Get a load of some unsolicited praise for my new film, Quick Change. Well- I haven't had this much fun all summer. Definitely his funniest movie. I haven't had this much fun all summer. Definitely his funniest movie. Unsolicited. <laughs> but what's most heartwarming is the nice things that people have been saying about me. Bill Murray's the greatest. Fabulous. Great. Perfect. Fabulous. Great. Perfect. Fabulous. Yeah. For great. I'm just going to watch a little more. Great. Perfect. Quick change. Read it up. That's it. And it's like, okay, to the listeners who can't see it, of course, it's a whole bunch of, um, it's a whole bunch of different people saying the same exact lines. I love it. And then it rolls into this series, a commercial for the series finale of Mr. Belvedere, which is coming up next on whatever this was. Um, but man, did I have fun going down memory lane today. That was great. I bet you, you're ready to go, uh. Go hit the turtle beach. Yes, I was looking up how much Entertech guns are on eBay. <laughs> um, one last note here. Um, this commercial doesn't really fit into my personal nostalgia. It is from 1989. This aired on Channel 19, WOIO. But I just thought it was interesting because you did a show or you produced a show, Genevieve, maybe I'm going to say uh, two months ago or something, about... Um, putting your product to the extreme test. I think you called it durable goods yep. from running over watches or doing whatever. This commercial is for uh, palm olive, the soap that you put in your dishwasher, your dishwasher detergent. And while I think it's self-explanatory what they do to this dishwasher, this will begin with the the classic WOIO uh, at the cinema, uh, I think, voiceover. The voice here, by the way, uh, is the same guy who used to be on WMMS. He was one of the WMMS Buzzard Morning Zoo guys. He also was a voice for Channel 19. We'll return to Alibaba and the 40 Thieves after these messages. Why would anyone dip a crystal chandelier in pancake batter and let it dry? (laughs) To prove a point. That there's a dishwasher detergent that can clean even this in just one wash. Advanced Palmolive Automatic. It breaks down the toughest stuck-on foods and leaves no powder residue. So you won't have to rewash. And that's the point. 
tripod. First of all, like a chandelier would just collapse in the dishwasher. Yeah. I don't know what the structure is there, but they dip an entire chandelier into pancake batter and they put it in the and, dishwasher. And it's no a chandelier is no harder to clean than a dish or a pot or a pan, but it's just the idea of something fancy being so so ruined. I would disagree with you on that. If you a whole bunch of little things is harder to get clean universally i think especially like if you were i mean this is a not this is not a precise example but like if you as the person who does the dishes and the dishwasher stuff in our house like if you were to take like this like the entire ring of um measuring spoons and throw it in there without maybe disconnecting them there's more nooks and crannies for hardened pancake batter to for the water to get a direct shot on the chandelier they're showing there is just a bunch of smooth faces yeah i suppose so i do think that would be a hell of a challenge certainly to hand wash i agree but dishwashing i don't think it's any more difficult for a dishwasher than a plate commercials in the news All right, this was sent in to us from listener Nate. The headline from msn.com is Baker Mayfield says there will be no more at-home progressive commercials. Genevieve, we've talked about these commercials before, right? I don't have to over-explain them. Yeah, like it's I do Baker everything. Mayfield when he was working, playing for the Cleveland Browns, and his at-home was the Cleveland Browns stadium, which he treated like his home and to to comedic effect. Yes. In fact, I think this is the very first one here. Um, he's at Cleveland Brown Stadium, whatever it's called, um, and he's putting out uh, a welcome mat like he's about to have a party, and then it cuts to clearly after a football game. He's still in his football pants and sneakers, but a T-shirt, and he's all sweaty after the game, and he's saying goodbye to every single fan who came to essentially his house uh, whom he was entertaining. And uh, this was funny because at the end, he's like, he starts cleaning cleaning up the mess that they left behind and he holds an old dirty sock up and mutters animals which is one of my favorite lines Gina bring it in so good to see you thank you so much for coming James great to see you absolutely a pleasure guy thank you for coming hey man thanks for having us of course of course hey next time your place alright I'll bring the games oh my goodness I gotta stop entertaining huge mess in the stadium. He takes a oh tiny boy. little tiny little dust buster and starts vacuuming. <laughs> animals. Yeah, I love that animals line. Um, he did a good job in those. I like. He them. really did. Yeah, and a lot of people. And in fact, that I, I listen to a lot of sports radio here in Seattle, where there's not a lot of love for Baker Mayfield, or or wasn't especially. He he was known as a very cocky guy who wouldn't shut up a lot. Um, but he really matured over over the few years he was in Cleveland. Um, and I do think these commercials really helped his image. And yeah, the, and the well, national it's, landscape. It's kind of astounding that he may not even be starting for the Panthers. You know, his career, he most likely is. They're not saying that, but well, he most likely is. But he's not, you know, if he's not definitely starting for the Panthers, then, you know, he's not a top 10 quarterback in the in the NFL. No, I mean, the, nobody picked him up until last Wednesday. So. And it's just so wild to me that, you know, uh, Progressive made this big bet on him, like probably paid him a lot of money and really centered a campaign around him as the star of the Cleveland Browns, as a star quarterback. And... To now be in this position where he's marginal at best as a starting quarterback and he's like 
what a strange thing to happen to your brand. Yeah, there's a million reasons for a lot of what you just said, but I won't go into it. But, you know, as a formerly avid Cleveland Browns fan and um, who's somebody who's some really upset now because I had to break up with my team because they replaced Baker. Not that I'm some Baker loyalist, but they replaced him with Deshaun Watson, who is like 24 credible allegations of, of sexual misconduct, to put it lightly, against women. I guess it would just be assault, right? Um based on the descriptions of what he did to these massage therapists, like when they when they switch quarterbacks, like I was basically done with the Browns, which is really tough because yeah. I put a lot of time and energy and love and I know it's fandom, but whatever. Um, and so there's like kind of reasons for that. He didn't have the best season last year, but he also played hurt. Like there's all kinds of caveats and his story actually is an interesting one. And weirdly, while I would have been OK for the Browns to move on from Baker Mayfield and I wouldn't have totally held it against them. Um the way they did and who they've picked and the fact that this person who's replacing him is a monster um, makes me more of a Baker Mayfield right. fan than I ever, well, maybe not than I ever was, but I'm actually thinking like, oh, if I'm available, I might watch that first Carolina game in which, by the way, he will be playing the Browns. Of course, if because you can the NFL it. is no dummies. <gasps> Although the schedule was set before this trade happened. Oh, yeah, happened. you did tame it. Yeah. yeah, so, um, but I mean, I guess there's always was, a chance. I'm thinking of Seattle and, yeah, and exactly. the Broncos. Um, but anyway, so there's one thing that's kind of interesting here is, uh, well, maybe two things. Apparently, Baker said in a news conference recently, like, somebody asked him about this. It's funny, like, people are very interested in these commercials. They thought he did a really good job with them. And he did say um, that he wanted to do a moving out <laughs> version of the commercial. Now, I don't know if you could get Cleveland to give you access to the stadium. I don't know what the ins and outs of that are, but he said that he was advocating to do a moving out commercial, um, but it didn't work out for whatever reason, but he called it, quote, a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, to which other people said, yeah, you know, um, AT&T did a funny thing with Matt Stafford. You know, Matt Stafford played for um, the Detroit Lions for 12 years. Do you remember yeah, these? Uh, I do. They've been in heavy rotation. I'm still seeing them. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. even know that. So these were, this is kind of weird because it, it stars a football player, but it's airing during um, uh, the basketball play playoffs but it has matt stafford and he's talking to oh what is this character's name lily 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 yeah. in the at&t commercials milana vaintrub right who's really good um and this is one so if you don't know stafford's background he played for detroit for 12 years he was very loyal to them they've always been a troubled team like the Cleveland Browns, right? Yeah. And so he never really went far with them. And then he gets traded to um, L.A. and he goes to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, of course. So in this commercial for AT&T, he gets to do this like literal wink at the trade. He will wink during this um, when he's in the AT&T store talking to Lily. When I'm out for March Madness, you'll cover phone trades. Uh -huh. People can get a free Samsung Galaxy S22 when they trade in a Galaxy. Any year, any condition. Oh, I get it. So you can take your old phone that you've had for 12 years and loved every minute of and trade it in for something new that suits your life now? That's right, yeah. Then enjoy immediate success. Even <laughs> though you'll never forget your old phone, ever. It's a great trade. Life-changing. <laughs> it was so well done, right? Really well done, yeah. The difference being that there's so much acrimony and, and ugliness around all of the aspects of what the Browns are going yeah. through right now that I understand them not wanting to... I mean, clearly call Baker would have done it, but it, call yeah. more attention to it. But I, I think that that is done really, really well. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying only the echoes of my mind 
Okay, I know it's been a really long show because I was in charge of it and I talked too much, but one last check-in with the Ad Council here. This is from listener Alexis. We were talking about the Mandela effect last week. Can you quickly explain the Mandela effect, Genevieve? It's the perception that something that is not true from history uh, is true because a number of people have the same false memory. And it's, you know, uh, named after the idea that Nelson Mandela died in prison when in fact he didn't. And it's often something that like when you really look at it, it's like easy to understand why some information got conflated in a bunch or, or mis, mis, misremembered in a bunch of people's minds. There's a bunch of people who this started because there's a bunch of people who insist that there was once a peanut butter called Jiffy. Yes. That you had Jiff, Skip, and Jiffy. There was never Jif, Jif, Jiffy. Jiffy, and Jiffy. Oh, did I say that wrong? You said Skip. Now, if somebody, now I'd love to know if there's a Mandela <laughs> effect for peanut butter called Skip. Skip peanut butter. Yeah, sorry. There's Skippy, there's Jiff, and they think that there was something called Jiffy and that it's been erased from culture they're just wrong about that right yes. but they they claim it's the mandela effect or we say that they're suffering from the mandela effect this is alexa's version of that with something related to our show hey andrew and genevieve it's alexis from philly um your mandela effect conversation inspired me to finally call you guys and tell you that i live in a mandela effect world in which your jingle theme song goes like this Hey, at Council, it's single time. I don't know why, but every time your song comes on, I'm like, no, that's wrong. It goes like this. So that's it. So this is the Jingle Jingle theme we have, written by Jeffrey Wilzer, by the way, a, a listener who sent this in years and years ago. And the difference is jingle time goes lower, not higher. Here's yeah. the jingle. It's jingle time. Gotta let it ring out. You always, you let, always it gotta out. let it ring out. That's how it goes. But here, I'm going to try to slide this into my um, into my editing software here, so we can play once again the uh, the version that Alexis thinks it goes like. Is it right here? Sorry, I'm trying to do this on the fly here. Hey, at council, it's single time. But it doesn't. It doesn't go like that. But I think you could harmonize effectively with those yeah. two notes. You know? And also, that's a beautiful voice, by the way. <laughs> I really like that jingle. I'm hoping maybe I can also use that in some capacity. <laughs> um, and Jeffrey also wrote a whole bunch of versions of that same jingle uh, regarding owls. Yeah, we did that a was special show about owls. Ever. Those are funny. Hey, Ed Wizards. What's with the owls? <laughs> Is that how it went? I think it was... Um, there were a couple of them. Why is Ad Wizards always use owls as one? <laughs> right, exactly. And then, uh, oh, I think there was another one that was something like, what the fuck, guy? What's, what the fuck, guys? What's with all these owls? Something like that, I yeah. can't find them here on the fly. But anyway, thanks, Jeffrey. Your, your legacy looms large. You can sell anything. When you let Andy go down memory lane, you're going to turn in a nice, tight 90-minute show. Yes, that's about what I would expect, yes. Thanks for sticking around, everybody, especially you, Genevieve. <laughs> I got to say, that was one of the most... I, I don't know how the show turned out uh, from a listener perspective, but no joke, that was one of the most fun 
afternoons I've spent producing oh, a show well just going down a, memory lane on a, worth it. on a sunny day. So anyway, thanks everybody. Veeves, how can people get a hold of us? You can call us at 607-444-5597. If you've got, if there are any of our little uh, sounds or sting, stingers or little bits of music that you misremember or remember as different, call them up, sing them. We like any kind of jingle, even our own. Um, so again, that's 607-444-5597. You can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail or visit us on the Facebook group. And don't forget to uh, weigh in on the poll about whether Freedom Rock is as oh. iconic as Andrew thinks it is. But you're starting to understand that I'm not just doing... No, I don't think that you're like... I don't think that you are having some kind of uh, false memory or anything. I'm just curious because it wasn't a thing that was familiar to me. Like... Is it geo? You know, is yeah. it like sort of uh, geographical Geographic. or whatever? Like, yeah, just be curious what other people think. All right. Well, next week, man, another podcast. Turn it up, dude. We'll talk to you guys then. You would be too if you had the juice now. Oh. Hey, yo, the government is lies, son. United States of Google, Verizon. They all spy, son. I'm Pisces rising. And you ain't Hoover. You suck like James Dyson. What the fuck, guys? Quit with the owl. Ready?